Last week we began a, just a really short series, it's only three weeks long, it's called Because of You. And uh, last week, if you were here, we talked about, and really was kind of a reminiscing about the past type of week, where we talked about some of the things that uh, I was thankful uh, that God had done in the life of many of you, but, and because of you, uh, that God has worked in so many ways over the last, uh, oh, 11 years since I've been here, but even before that in, in this community, and to, to build Great Oaks, and to, to build His kingdom here in this area. And one of the key verses that, uh, that came to mind a, uh, a few weeks ago when I was do, getting ready to do this series was this verse out, out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 9, which says this. It says, how we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. And so that was that, that little phrase, because of you, is what caught my attention uh, several weeks ago in thinking about this, because of you, what God has done in our lives. Now today, I want to not talk about the past so much as I want to talk about the present. And then next week, we're going to talk about the future. I would encourage you to be here next week because you'll get a glimpse of the future and also how you can invest in that future as well uh, at Great Oaks here uh, over the next several years. Um, last week, we talked about some of the things, God, great things that God had done. And, but I want to talk today about it's how it's possible, how really all the things that I shared with you last week, that because of you, because of what you've done, um, it really the reason it was possible to share those things is is not because all of us are so great okay it wasn't about okay all of us is a bunch of great people at great oaks whatever it's because of what god is done in our lives and through us and, and that's and so today it's really about because of what god has done uh that we can be pr- thankful as well uh because of what jesus has done that we have anything to thank god for now today i want to ask you a question uh do you understand this one thing, that unless we thank God for everything that he's already done, it's kind of an exercise in futility just to go around and try to do things in our own power? Uh, do you know that thankfulness is really the starting place for where we need to be? Do you know the scripture says that? It's the starting place for where we need to be in connecting with God. And, and I will tell you right off the bat that this message uh, today is, is not something that I preach that's a strength of mine, okay? Being thankful, thanking people, thanking God. Do you find yourself when you pray sometimes, I, I found myself even this morning at 4.30 when I woke up and I was laying there and I was trying to pray and the first thing I do is I start having my list of stuff I want to pray, pray, pray God for. God, please bless my kids. Watch over them right now and all the, all the stuff of life. Do, 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 do. And I go through this whole litany of stuff and this whole list of stuff. You, anybody here have that same problem when you pray? Your first thing is to think about, here's my list, God. Would you bless this? Anybody here want to be honest with you? You can raise your hand. Okay, I'm not the only one. I just want you to encourage me this morning that I'm not the only fool here. Okay. And... Uh, that's part of the deal. But that's, that's kind of the deal sometimes. But I want, to read, I, I want to read some scriptures this morning and talk about some things that are important for us to understand as a foundation um, that I believe if we put these verses into practice, and we don't have to wait till next week or next year to do this, but we can start today doing this. I really believe there's going to be a shift in our individual hearts, and we're going to appreciate some things that God has given us more deeply, and we'll connect with God more, more fully if we'll, if we'll do what God's Word says and we're going to look at today. So I'm going to uh, share with you about four things that I believe that Scripture tells us about this whole, what I'm going to call the attitude of gratitude that we need to have in our life. And it's coming up, you know, what is a week and a half from now? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is, 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 Christ, is really the Christian, I think more than anything else, almost any holiday, a Christian holiday. We, as Christians, should have uh, the inroads on Thanksgiving because we have something that uh, we understand that because of God coming into our life and through our son Jesus Christ, we have something incredible no matter what's happening in our life today or what's going to happen tomorrow, we have something incredible in our life to be thankful for. 
And so we're going to talk about that today. And so the first uh, point I want to talk about may sound a little obscure, and I want to kind of uh, flesh it out, is this. And if you have your, uh, in, your, in your bulletins, there's an outline there, and you have some fill-in-the-blanks today. I know some of you like to fill in blanks. Some of you hate filling in blanks. Whatever you want to do with the bulletin, if you want to make a paper airplane, just don't throw it. You know, if you want to fill it out, this, this is going to be the first blank there. The first one is this. Gratitude is the only way in, and it also happens to be the only way out. You're going, What? Well, let me explain that from Scripture, okay? It's the only way in and the only way out. Um, in Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5, it says this. It says that, as it's talking about it coming into a relationship with God, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates. It means when we approach God, enter his gates with thanksgiving. It says, when I wake up in the morning, what I should do, what I should do is I'm supposed to enter God's gates with thanksgiving. And then it also says I should enter his courts with praise enter his gates with thanksgiving and the second part of that verse is enter his courts with praise and that's a command and this command is this and it says this give thanks to him and praise his name why why do we do that well the 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 next part of the verse explains why it says this for the lord is good and his love endures forever his faithfulness continues throughout all generations now i understand this when we think about god we think about god as our jesus as our friend right how many of you think of Jesus as your friend? I think he's your friend. He is your friend. And I understand that he loves us and we can come to him like we can come to our closest friend. But I want you to understand something else. He's not just your friend. He's also a king. He's the great king. He's God. And so when we approach God, when we approach him, it's not just like you approach, hey, hey, good buddy. It's not like that. It says you come to him in a different way. We're to approach him in a different way. We're to approach him with thanksgiving and with praise we're to give thanks to him and praise his name because he is good in what he's done in our life and so uh, you don't just approach a king with your protocol of what you think is appropriate and the bible says that god wants to be approached in a very specific way when we come to him and at any any time we come to him that when we come to his gates when we come to his presence we come with to him with thanksgiving and we come into him with praise in our life so what does that mean that means that if you want to get into the presence of god in a meaningful way and you have the right attitude because it has a lot to do not just who you are, but your attitude towards God, whether you're going to connect with God or not. It means that you have to have a meaningful connection. You don't just start with a list of what you want. That's not the first thing you do. It means that you start with a rehearsal of what he's already done and who he is and what he means to you in your life. There's this kind of way of doing it. It talks about here in Psalms and it talks about in other places too. It's kind of like a couple of years ago. Uh, Some of you guys are world travelers, guys and girls. Some of you guys travel all the time. You have passports and you have to go to other countries and stuff like that. You know, how many of you ever been to another country, have to have a passport? Okay? Okay, you'll understand this. Those who have never been there won't understand this, but you'll understand it later. A couple of years ago, for the first time ever, well, actually, actually, the second time I used it, I actually had to use my passport to go to Canada. I don't know why. Um, Canada is just like northern Minnesota. And... uh, uh, but actually when I was going on the plane, I was getting ready to go to Africa a couple of years ago and I, I was in the Peoria airport. I was flying to Peoria to Detroit and then Detroit to, uh, France and then France to Mali. And, uh, that was going to be my thing. And so one of the things you have to have on the, not only your plane ticket, but you have to have a passport, right? If you're going overseas. Well, I was sitting in the Peoria airport waiting and I was not flown internationally. So I was, and I forgot it was, it was Peoria, by the way, too. You know, it doesn't really mean you have to get there that early. But I got there, and I was sitting in there waiting. And there was these two business travelers. This, there was this older guy, and there was this really young guy. 
And he, I don't think he'd ever traveled overseas before, obviously, uh, after I kind of overheard, his, you know, you can't help it, hearing, overhearing the conversation. And this guy was saying, the older guy was saying, well, you have everything. They were having this conversation. They weren't flying together, just c- talking to each other. He said, oh, yeah, I got everything. I'm looking forward to going to where, I forgot where he was going, somewhere in Europe. And he said, yeah, I got everything. And he said, the guy said, do you have your passport? He said, I don't know. And he said, I, I think I have it. And he looks through his bag and he says, well, he said, I, I can't find it. I don't know what to do. And the guy says, and the, guy, the older traveler says, well, you got to have your passport. He says, you know, I think I'm just going to see how far they'll let me go. So this conversation goes this way, you know, and he's, he's basically said, well, I'm just going to go to fly to Detroit. He was flying on the same plane I was. Go to Detroit and, and then see if they'll let me get on the plane to go overseas. And that older guy told him, it's not going to happen. And I'd never flown overseas, and I could have told him, it's not going to happen. And you know if you've ever flown, it's not going to happen. If you don't have the passport, you're not going anywhere. Unless you just want to go somewhere in the United States. That's about it. That's the only place you can go. See, that's our, our entryway to going somewhere else. The passport is. And in a real sense, you don't get past the gate without the passport, right? To go overseas. It doesn't happen. Just won't ever happen. See, the thing is with God is, is God is saying to us, he said, you know, if you want to really get into my presence, if you want to connect with me, you have to come with the right attitude. You have to come in a humble, with a humble spirit, with a contrite heart, it says in other places in Scripture. And how you do that, one of the ways that expresses that is coming to him with thanksgiving, with praise. You focus upon him first, who he is, what he is in your life. He's not just your good buddy. He's, he's, your, he's a God. He is the God, the only God. Yeah, he is your friend, but he's, a, but he's God as well. And so it says that's how we approach him. And so often in life, what we do is that we think in our prayer life, all we do is we connect with God because we want to give him this list of stuff. But we never feel like we're really connecting with God in some way. And I really believe that one of the reasons is because we come with a totally wrong attitude. We don't come into his presence and saying, God, I just thank you for who you are, what you've done in my life, and I thank you for what you're continuing to do in my life and who you are and, and all these things. But the problem is, is that we don't come into God's presence. We don't, we don't connect with him unless we come with the right attitude. So the first part of that, that uh, little strange phrase, gratitude is the only way in, is this, that we don't come into God's presence without thankfulness. We don't connect with God without that. The second part, I said, we don't come into his presence without it. But it says, uh, remember the second part of that? And I shared with you just a minute ago. It also happens to be the only way out. And you're going, the only way out? What does that mean? Well, there's another passage of scripture that we looked at a few weeks ago. It's in Acts 16. And it's the scripture here that I wanted to share because it's the apostle Paul and Silas. They were in some trouble. And the Bible says in Acts 16, 22, the crowd joined in this attack. The mob scene was forming against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, this wasn't like, you know, really a great place to be. They were in a tough situation here. Paul and Silas. Uh, they were in prison. They were in stocks. Now they're not going anywhere. But all of a sudden, in the midst of this, it says this is what they were doing. It says Paul and Silas, Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was this violent earthquake. And the foundations of the prison were shaken. And, and all at once, all the prison doors flew open. And everyone's chains came loose. 
Now, we just read in Psalm 100 that gratitude takes you into the presence of God. But I believe we read also here in Acts 16 that gratitude got Paul and Silas out of prison because of their commitment and their trust in God and, and their, their love for God at that place. It, in this tough situation, they were still not focusing on the toughness of their situation. Their attitude was, God, we love you, we trust you for whatever you're going to bring our way. See, I believe that we'll start praising God even at midnight, even in prison, even in lockdown, even in depression, even in recession, even in uncertainty. When we come, become thankful people, not only do we get into God's presence through being grateful, but God helps us through any situation that we're in. See, God wants you to know that he wants you to know that he doesn't so much want you to get out of every situation, but he wants you to stop, compl- uh, stop complaining and, and, and begin, quit, quit being so negative and begin to focus upon him and who he is and what he can do because so often we just become despondent. Even though we're connected with God and we have God's power in our life, we forget that, especially when we're in times of need, especially when we're in times of need. So if you've been asking God to do some things in your life to give you joy, to give you peace, to give you hope, whatever it is that you need in your life to give you a new perspective, I believe God would say to you today, focus first of all, focus first of all on who I am, on what I've already done for you. What has God done for all of us? What has God done for all of us? He has given us the possibility of have eternity with him. He's given us the possibility of, of a way to have a connection with God for all of eternity. And it starts now. It doesn't have to wait till the other day I was at my house. Last Sunday, actually, after church. And who knocks on my door? Two ladies. They come to your, to your door? Jehovah's Witnesses? Okay. They asked me this question. They said to me, said, can we tell you about how there's hope for the future? I said, as long as you'll let me tell you about how, how much there's hope for now. They looked at me and go like, What? I said, yeah, you come in and talk. If you, I'll let you, I, I, I said, I'll, you, I have to let you talk about hope now. I said, because you don't have any hope right now. You only have hope for the future. I know their, I know their theology. They wouldn't talk to me. And so they're still hopeless. They're all focused on the future. You know, you believe in the resurrection. Yes, but it doesn't, we don't have to wait till then to have hope. That's what he's saying. See, God says, God says, you know, I've given you hope, and, and I give you my word, and I give you promises. And it's kind of right here. It's right here. It's right in front of me. And so often I get despondent, and I become anxious about things. And God, God's word tells us what to do. And it's right here. It's right there. Maybe we need to do that more often. Just take it, you know, right there. If you, if you use your iPad as a, as a Bible, don't do that because it will hurt. I thought about doing that, but I brought my real Bible up here. But the reality is... The reality is, is so often what happens is, is we, we have this, uh, we, we go to God for an answer to prayer and all we do is have this list of stuff and we really don't connect with God at all because we come with him with, with the wrong attitude. We come with him with all these needs and all these wants and all these other things instead of coming to him humbly and saying, God, thank you so much for what you've already done in my life. It's amazing. I mean, how many of us here deserve anything God's done for us? If you'll be, if you'll be honest. Not anybody here, not me, not you, none of us deserve what God does for us. None of us are good enough. 
If we sin one time, we, we, we break the relationship with the Holy God. But God says, even in spite of who you are, I love you and I, I want to be there with you. See, a lot of times it's how you see it. It starts with gratitude. So that's the first thing. It starts, the way into the presence of God is with gratitude. The way out of the difficulties of life is, is gratitude. The second point I see in Scripture is this, and you can write this down in your outline if, you, if you're taking notes. Gratitude is never invisible or silent. Gratitude is never invisible or silent. This is an observation about the nature of gratitude. Um, I say this because some people claim that they have a grateful heart, but they just never say it. They just never say it. You know, like uh, they say the same thing. Well, I'm grateful, but I just don't say it because you know my heart. You know my heart. And I would say to them, I am not a cardiologist. I do not know your heart. Unless you say it, I don't know it. You know, even the Bible says that, that we don't have to know. It says in Luke 6, 45, it says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so often we go around and we simply, we get in this, and this is where I struggle so often. You know, I, you know my wife, you know, say my, you know my heart. You know I love you. Or my kids, you know I love you. And you know what they'll say to me? My wife particularly, why don't you say it more often? If you really mean it, say it. Show it. Do it. Gratitude is never invisible or silent. So if you're grateful, you'll say it and you'll show it. You just don't say it and not show it. You just don't show it and not say it. It's, it comes together. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's another verse. He said, it's what comes out of your mouth that makes a difference. So often in life, we've, you know, you know, folks, let, let me just, let me just, this is one of my pet peeves. I have to say it. Okay. Social media. Folks, I think social media, I don't think it's evil. I don't think Facebook, I don't do Twitter, so I don't know what, the, I don't even tweet. I don't know how to even do it. So hashtag whatever, you know, I don't know. How, I wouldn't know how to function that way. I'm going like, who wants to have little straight it's like an own language thing but anyway let me share with you i do have a facebook account and so what i do i never put anything on it so i'm 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 a i'm a stalker you know on facebook it's what i do i just look at what you do but i never put anything on there myself because the two times i put something on myself it's been misinterpreted and i've had like these crazy things it's been from none of you it's been from somebody somewhere else in the world so i just don't put anything on there anymore but i do look at stuff and you know what discourages me about facebook if that is your life if that's the most important things you have to put in the world is what you put on Facebook, you guys live, you have no life. Because you never, very rarely, I mean occasionally, I love it when somebody does something, very occasionally somebody will say, well, th I thank God for this and this is what happened in my life. But most of the time it's about what you ate for dinner or a picture of your, of, of Fluffy the Cat or, you know, or, or some, so, something, you know, something and you put stuff on there. You know, if you're going to do, if you're a Christian and you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, you have something to be thankful for every day of the week. Why don't you say that? Use social media to do something positive, to let people know. If you're, say, don't just say, oh, I'm thankful, say it. Use, use social media, tweet it if, if that actually does anything. You know, whatever, whatever the deal is, say something. Don't just, just don't 
say, well, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God for what he's done. No, say it more often. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. We get all excited about all kinds of crazy things, don't we? People get excited. I mean, any of you watch football? Anybody here watch football yesterday? Any football game? Anybody get excited about a football game yesterday? Yeah, some of you did. I mean, you know, something, sports. I, went, I was in St. Louis yesterday. We went to see my son and his wife, and we went to this, we went to this new mall out on uh, West St. Louis, this, this big, gigantic, horrible place. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's a big outlet mall. I mean, shopping for me is like beating me with a stick. You know, you might as well do that than send me shopping. I hated shopping. Anyway, I hunt. Have to go something, find it, do it, bag it, and go home. But no, we were wandering around with no purpose. With thousands of people. Thousands of people were wandering around with no purpose. And I heard these people, and it was a brand new mall. It's an outlet mall out there. And they were going, people were going nuts. It's been open two months. And all these, all these people were going, oh, this is my favorite store. Look at this. I mean, store, look at this. And there's people standing in line at Coach. You know, I, I guess I would never have a Coach purse. But, you know, uh, but there were people standing in line for two blocks to get into Coach store. There were people at the Disney store standing in line for blocks to get stuff like that. It's crazy there. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And they were so excited about it. I mean, people were pumped. You could tell. Man, this was... I was bummed out. But, you know, that's just the way it was. But it reminded me of a few years ago when one of your, some of your favorite TV shows were on Oprah. Remember Oprah? She's still around somewhere. I don't know where. Thank goodness she's not on regular TV anymore. But, uh, but you know, I, every once in a while I'd come home, my wife would be watching it. And I remember there was this one show at the end of every year, or kind of sometime ever, called Oprah's Favorite Things. Y'all know what that was? Some of you? Yeah. You're going, I like to be on Oprah's Favorite Things, you know? Oprah's Favorite Things was this surprise show they had every year sometime in the fall near Christmas. And nobody ever knew that when they signed up for the shows, you have to get tickets for the shows. Nobody knew what the show was going to be about and when that was going to be. But when Oprah's Favorite Things came on, she would actually give away to everybody in the audience tons of stuff. In her very last year in 2010, she just went nuts. She gave away all kinds of stuff. But nobody knew what it was going to be before they get there. And so I want to show you a video clip of the response when people realize in the audience, just going to show you, I don't, it's, it's off of YouTube, so it's not going to be the greatest video. In, you pull the lights down. I don't care. Pull the lights down, turn off the video. You know. And what we're going to do, I want you to see this video clip of, the, of this, when people find out, they find out that they've just been, that they're on that special show and they're going to get a bunch of stuff and they have no idea what they're getting yet. So see what they, how they respond. You need to go online and look at that whole thing. That was great. That one guy was on the floor. He was. <laughs> now I ask you. Is any of the stuff that Oprah gave away more important than the one thing that Christ gave to us? And how do we respond? We come and we sit nicely in our chairs. 
and we just sit there and we come to church and we go and we pray and we're quiet, you know. But we go and we make, and if you, let me tell you, if you'd have been on Oprah's show, you'd have been just like those other crazy people. You would be. Herd mentality. Because you didn't want a whole, they, they want a car. Everybody in the audience want a car. They want a cruise. They want all kind of junk. Let me tell you, let me t- is any of the stuff they want going to be with them when they, when they do the funeral service? No. So why do we as Christians, why do we go around and we never act like we're so thankful? How do we, why do we never act like we're excited for what God has done for us? I thought about this morning, but I know you guys, it would be so out of character for you. So out of character for you to act like that. But we should act. When we sing songs on Sunday mornings and pray songs to God, we just, you know, we don't, we, we don't, you know, we're prompted to clap. Some of you did. Y'all did a pretty good job this morning. You were clapping. Some of you on beat. <laughs> but what we do is, I'm just simply saying this, what we do is we, the, the one thing that really matters in life, the one thing that really matters in life is what God has done for us, the thing that we should be thankful for. So when we come to God's presence, we, we should, we should, maybe act that insane i just simply say think about that think about that because what god's done for us and i'll tell you one of the problems i think is the next point the next point is this gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends gratitude in uh, begins where my sense of entitlement ends I, i just want to say this because i'm tired of my generation and the generation that's coming after us and after that one, and it's myself included, having such an entitlement mentality, believing that we deserve certain things. Oh, I've worked hard. I deserve that. You know, you wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God created everything. We'd have no hope, no peace, nothing in life if God hadn't, hadn't given his son Jesus Christ to us. So often what happens is we become a Christian. I, I love it when I'm around new Christians. Because new Christians have such a, this excitement about stuff. It's, it's, like, it's like something brand new. And, and, they, and they're excited about their relationship. And they're excited about what, what it means for them. And how, how God has given them a second chance in life. But for something happens after we've been around, been a Christian for a while. And sadly we almost began to kind of, you know, think that it's, well, it's just part of the package. I remember when I got my first job, my first real job. I worked uh, back when I was, uh, I started working when I was like 15 years old as a paper boy. That wasn't a real job. That was just making money. But when I was, when I was 20 years old, I'd gone to college for years. So I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. So I started working for General Electric. My dad worked there in the factory. And so I was excited about the job because it paid. And then they told me, he said, hey, let me tell you, tell you about the benefits package. Benefits package? What's a benefits package? And they told me, we're going to pay your insurance, and we're going to put you, you know, give them a 401k, and we're going to have these things. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. Benefits. And so when I got home after hearing that, I went and called some of my friends, my buddies who were about the same age I was, 20 years old. And I'm going, and some of them had real jobs too at that point in time in life. And, and I was going like, hey, guess what? I got a real job, and I got a benefits. And I started telling them, going like, well, that's just normal. What's the big deal? Everybody has benefits. So after a while, after hearing that and going like, well, it may not be special anymore, I kind of thought, well, you know, 
I got benefits. It's not a big deal. I think it's the way we respond to Christ sometimes. We first come to him and we're excited about our relationship with him, what he's done. And then we start losing and we think, well, it's just part of the benefits, the benefits of having eternal life. Oh, it's just a benefit. It's expected. I wonder how many of us at one time could not believe that the gospel was true and that God would accept us like we are, that, that God would accept me, that God would accept somebody with all your screw-ups and your faults and your failures. And that you would go to him in prayer at some point in your life and talk to God about anything that was on your heart and you would just be thankful to God for what he'd done to you but after a while something happens and and we just started taking it for granted and we get this entitlement mentality well it's just part of the deal it's it's i'm entitled to that it's kind of like a few weeks ago i don't, I don't know how many of you used uh, there's a thing on on online it's free it's called you version of the bible you version of the bible i'm going to use that one of the very best versions it's free free and it's just it's produced by a church called life church they spent millions of dollars producing this bible app you can have it on your ipad or android anything and it's got multiple translations it's got all this incredible stuff i use it all the time but a few weeks ago i was somewhere and i was at a coffee shop not anyone's around here i was actually over in morton and i was sitting there and this person was using it and they were complaining about the U version well it doesn't load as fast as it should my app just once in a while I have a glitch with it and i'm going dude i was thinking i didn't say this out loud I, I wanted to say it out loud but i'm going dude don't you understand somebody gave that to you for free you're so entitled that you're complaining about something that somebody spent millions of some people in a church that spent millions of dollars to produce this and gives it to you and keeps it up and does it for free. You're so entitled. And I, I was thankful that a little bit later the next day I met some of you guys here at Just a Discovered You version are going like, this is the coolest thing ever, man. It's got like all these like 20 translations of scripture. And you were just so excited. I'm glad it wasn't the other way around. See, this entitlement mentality keeps us from being grateful. See, we've got to get back, get back to the place in our walk with God that when we wake up every morning, we're reminded that this day is a gift from Him. You know, just getting up today and being able to breathe is a gift from God. Putting your shoes on and being able to go out to your car and, and, and drive to church today was a gift of God. Because not everybody in this world can do that kind of, has that kind of abilities to do these type of things. You know, I, I'm sorry, folks. You know, you don't have to have a house that every one of your kids has their own private bedroom and private bath. I grew up in a, I don't know how many, I grew up in a house where we had three bedrooms, four kids, and parents. That, you need to do the math. Didn't work. You know, and I don't think I am totally messed up because of that. We've gotten so entitled that we lose sight of what's really important in life. And so when we're entitled, what happens is, what happens is we, don't, we don't become grateful. You know, I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 103, uh, one, verses 1. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. 
And then he starts naming who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and who crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. See, the reality is, is that God is doing this all the time. And the more entitled we think we are, the less grateful we are. And so we have to get past that and get to the place where we realize, God, everything that, you, that what I have is from you. And here's what I want to leave you with as a challenge this week, as an assignment for the coming week. And that is to, we take our sense of gratitude and turn it into an opportunity. Because I found this to be true. This is the last point. Grateful people can find a blessing in almost any situation. Grateful people can find a blessing in almost any situation. <laughs> There's two kind of people. In, two kind, there are probably more than this, but I'm just going to narrow it down to two. There's the kind of person, like the guy I heard the other day, is somebody said to him, congratulations. And, he's, and, and, and I, heard, I, overheard convers- I overhear lots of conversations. People talk really loud in restaurants and stuff. You know that? You can't help it, you know. And, and, and he, he, go, he goes, congratulations all, he said, he said, on your race for promotion, which included a race. And you know what the guy's response was? The other guy that got the race, promotion? He goes, oh, man, probably just put me in another tax bracket. I have a word for that, which I can't use in church. But I'll, I'll use this ter, ter, uh, term in church. I, I call that kind of person a doom and gloomer. Everything's doom and gloom. No matter what it is, it, it finds, it's going to be bad. I mean, he takes take something positive, a raise, and find something bad into it. And see, it's because no matter what blessing comes into their life, they'll find something negative. So don't be a doom and gloomer. I want you to be somebody who finds a blessing. There's somebody here, you know, today that would probably say this, oh, the economy is terrible right now and our future is so uncertain. Some of you may say that. But somebody else may say about the same thing. They may say, well, you know, what a great opportunity right now to learn to trust God in the midst of uncertainty. That's the two type of people. Doom and gloomers are people who are thankful people, who are grateful people, who are people of gratitude. And it really has to do with where you start. Where do you start? What kind of person will you be? I just want to pray that every one of us would be people who would learn to be grateful. That every day when we get up and we connect with God, that our first thoughts would not be, God, here's my list. Would you do this for me today? But our first thought would be, God, I am so thankful that I can get up and breathe today, that I have a house and shelter, that I have food, that I have a place. You know, it might not be a perfect place. But folks, it's a blessing. And if you know Jesus Christ, you've already got the greatest blessing that could ever, ever, ever be. What are you going to be? Doomer, glimmer? A grateful person. It's up to you. You choose where you start every day. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.